Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. May I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. This is Palm Sunday. The gospel read, at the beginning of the Mass is from Luke nineteen twenty eight to 40. The first reading is Isaiah 50, 4 to 7. The second reading is Philippians 2, 6 to 11. And the gospel is the passion of the Lord, Luke 22, 14 through 23, 56. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear. And I have not rebelled. 
have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. A personal question. When do you hear the Lord speaking to you? What is the he saying to you? In what way, by using a well-trained tongue, do you rouse the weary in your household? Pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you how you can train your tongue. Deacon Ken had, in my prayer time, listen to me, he says, be still and know who I am. Teach and preach. Sacrifice and discipline, he had. And I have, in my prayer time in the morning and also different times during the day, I talk to him and he reassures me of his presence. He always tells me he loves me. I tell myself I am not doing a good job loving others, but he never tells me that. I have a well-trained tongue when I speak positive and uplifting. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to destroy and kill and steal, but I came to give life. I brought life to my daughter-in-law when I told her she was a servant of the Lord and I love her after cleaning up my kitchen the other day. The commentary on this first reading, the source of strength and courage for all suffering, trial, and tribulations is the suffering and death of our divine Lord, Jesus Christ. We need to hold fast to him when the world closes in with its assaults, rejection, and abandonment. He not only has traveled the same road before the saints of old, but he travels it today consistently waiting to be with us in our suffering. Jesus' suffering and death opened the road to heaven for all, even though many refused the gift. He gave up everything for us, and he bestowed us with love, trust, hope, respect, and eternal life. In return, he was spat upon, ridiculed, beaten, jeered, scourged, and mocked. He finally was executed when he was nailed to a cross on Calvary between two criminals. This is a day of reflection as we are about to enter Holy Week. Let us not forget the actions and the words of the suffering servant of Isaiah. We need to reflect on how quickly the crowd changed from adoring him to jeering him. He had taken up a cross for us. And we must remember that we, too, are called to carry a cross for someone else. Sometimes we think our cross is too heavy so that it is unfair to bear such a heavy cross. Dying to self and putting the needs of others first is our daily cross. How heavy is your cross compared to Christ? How is your Calvary compared to Jesus' Calvary? 
Let's go on to the Psalm 22, 8 and 9, 17 to 20, and 23 to 24. All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. If he loves him, indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers closes in upon me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look on and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And from my vesture, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my help, hasten to aid me. I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. What is the Lord saying to you personally through the psalm? And how can you apply this to your life? Deacon Ken had verse 9. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. His application, I do rely on the Lord because he has delivered me from darkness, danger, and death. Those people jeering at Christ didn't realize that Christ was delivered, and he continues to deliver us even unto today. And I have for that. Then I will proclaim your name in the assembly. In the community, I will praise you. For the Lord, give praise, show reverence. My application, when I lecture at Mass, I'm able to proclaim with the power of the Holy Spirit and with my family continue to share his praises and what he is doing in my life. Because of the length of the gospel, I am taking a few of the questions and the personal questions, then I will read the commentary. Question three, about what were the disciples arguing what did Jesus say to them, and how did he say he was among them? Luke twenty-two twenty-four to 27 says, A dispute arose among them about who should be regarded as the greatest. He said, Earthly kings lorded over their people. Those who exercise authority over them are called their benefactors. Yet it cannot be that way with you. Let the greater among you be the junior. The leader is the servant. Who, in fact, is the greater? He who reclines at table or he who serves the meal? Is it not the one who reclines at table? Yet I am in your midst as the one who serves you. Personal. In what way do you show others that you are a servant? Deacon Ken said, by being available to them. And I have, by regarding others as superior to myself. Question eight, how did Jesus find his disciples and what did he tell them? Luke 22, 45 to 46. Then he rose from prayer and came to his disciples. 
only to find them asleep. Exhausted with grief, he said to them, why are you sleeping? Wake up and pray that you may not be subjected to the trial. And the question 14, how was Jesus treated by Herod, the scribes, the chief priests and soldiers? What happened to Herod and Pilate's relationship that day? And what did Pilate say to the chief priest, rulers in the people? Luke 23, 9 to 17. He questioned Jesus at considerable length, but Jesus made no answer. Herod and his guards then retreated him with contempt and insult, after which they put a magnificent robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had previously been set against each other, became friends that day. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the ruling class, and the people, and said to them, you have brought this man before me as one who subverts the people. I have examined him in your presence and have no charge against him arising from your allegations. Neither has Herod, who therefore has sent him back to us. Obviously, this man has done nothing that calls for death. Therefore, I mean to release him once I have taught him a lesson. Question 17. Who was led away with Jesus to be executed? What happened at the place called the skull? And what did Jesus ask the father? Luke 23, 32 to 34 says, two others who were criminals were led along with him to be crucified. When they came to Skull Place, as it was called, they crucified him there with the criminals as well. One on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. They divided his garments, rolling dice for them. A personal question. Since last year, what change has taken place in your life as a result of what Jesus has done for you? Deacon Ken, I am in a deep and more personal relationship with him. And I answer that. I have forgiven everyone who has ever hurt me. And I am much more loving and compassionate towards people. The commentary on the passion. Today's gospel is lengthy and very powerful. It reveals the emotions of the powerful and the lowly. We see Jesus at the Last Supper eagerly waiting for it to begin. He has mixed feelings of joy and sadness because a betrayer was sitting among a group of very close friends. We see pride and greed being displayed in the question, who among them was the greatest? And the master knew he was to be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. The betrayal of Christ by Judas happens, and Jesus is arrested in the dark night of night. He is ridiculed, humiliated, tortured, and was denied, rejected, and abandoned by his closest followers. 
He faced the mockery of a trial, and his friends and family became unfriendly towards him. Nevertheless, he was not alone in that his father was with him and in him. He was strengthened and enlightened by the Holy Spirit. He was humiliated and whipped by the soldiers and dragged through the howling mob to a hill called Golgotha, which means skull. Jesus was flung and nailed onto a cross. The kingdom of God was now about to be inaugurated through his death in the places on his right and the left were to be taken by two dying criminals. Jesus told his two power-hungry disciples, James and John, Mark 10, 35 to 39, that a person who wishes to be close to him must be prepared to suffer and die as he did. This message is meant for us even today. The way to the kingdom is the way of the cross. Jesus then manifested to the whole world by being on the cross, the core to healing is through forgiveness. Jesus asked his father to forgive all those who were putting him to death. This included the corrupt leaders in the church, politicians, soldiers, and even the bystanders who laughed and ridiculed while he was on the cross. God answered that prayer by opening the way to salvation to all sinners, including Jesus's murderers. Since we are all sinners, Romans 3, 23, we have all played a part in putting Jesus to death. The good news is that God forgives and he gives us a new life through his son, Jesus. The thief on the right side of Jesus called out to him for forgiveness, and Jesus accepted him and granted the forgiveness to him. This shows that our faith in Jesus is a saving faith, and it is never too late to turn to God. Even in his misery, Jesus had mercy on this criminal, and that same mercy is waiting to be granted to us. Philippians 2, 6-11 to was the second reading that I'm reading now. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. He was known to be of human estate, and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. Because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every other name, so that at Jesus' name every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord, the word of the Lord. Paul tells us that our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, Philippians 2.5. He describes putting on the attitude of a servant rather than that of a king. Jesus, though being God, did not demand his rights and privileges of royalty. He deliberately set them all aside and had taken on the role of a servant. 
There lies the incredible formula of a successful leader. Jesus led by serving all of us. He showed us that by putting others first and by being humble are the only ways a person can become a real leader. The sheep followed the shepherd because they trusted him. People will follow a leader if they know that he has their welfare at heart. Jesus showed us everything of God's character in human terms. He was obedient even unto death. And the type of death he chose for himself was extremely painful. Jesus is the perfect role model for us in the world today. How many times do you demand your rights when you are being treated less than fairly? The name of Jesus should bring to every Christian person the name of a person who willingly died so that all people could be free. And he died for us absolutely knowing that we are sinners. Romans 5 8. Jesus voluntarily laid aside his divine rights, privileges, and position out of love for his Father. We too are called to lay aside our rights and privileges for our oppressed brothers and sisters in the holy name of Jesus. Our application for this week, the first reading tells us that we are to live in God's light, not our own light. The second reading tells us that Jesus was an obedient servant, even unto death on the cross. The gospel reveals forgiveness is the core of healing. This week, let yourself experience what it really means to forgive. Look around and see in your family, job, or school those whom you need to forgive. Jesus tells us that it is necessary to forgive others just as he has forgiven us. You have the power within yourself through the Holy Spirit, 1 John 4, 4, to hold someone in bondage or you can forgive and give them freedom. The choice is yours. And remember, the truth will set you free, John 8, 32. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this lesson. And thank you for dying on the cross for us, dear Jesus, and setting us free so that we can live forever with you and setting us free so that we can forgive, Lord, because you give us that power to forgive. Because you've forgiven us, we can forgive others. We thank you. We praise you for this lesson. And thank you for your love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G. To either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book 
or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.